Welcome back to the show, guys. Pop culture to do the podcast where two friends exchange a to do list of things to watch, read, listen to everything within the realm of arts and entertainment. Welcome back, as always. With me today, as always, is the mighty, the Greg Norton. What up, party people? Hoo-hoo! And me, of course, Anthony, uh, or otherwise known as Anthony with Teeth. So uh, we got a pretty nice show today. Uh, our first little topics are, well, I, I actually had some news because there's a new Soderbergh film that's come out or coming out, or maybe it's a series. I actually know little to nothing, little to nothing <laughs> about this, but I know that the cast is ridiculous, so ridiculous that Brandon Fraser is in it. Remember him? Oh my God, yes. Exactly. He's been on a comeback lately. I, I Yeah, so I've heard, which is, uh, which is great because I... I I heard what happened to him, and I'm glad that he's mm-hmm. he's getting over that, you know, like that yeah. hump, that that hump mm-hmm. in his career. Um, and uh, you also, I know you also have some news that you would like to share with me. And after that, of course, our main topic is discussing the Canadian film Blood Quantum that Norton gave me to watch uh, for this week's episode. So let's kick off the show, shall we? Norton, bring up your news. Yeah, so uh, we recorded the podcast on the weekend. Last weekend, we talked about Knives Outcasting. Uh, we uploaded the episode on Tuesday, and then later that Tuesday, there is more Knives Outcasting news. <laughs> Sweet timing. Yeah, there's one piece of news, and then I also saw a piece of not news, but fan theorizing. And I don't know if it's true or not. I don't think. You know, I don't usually get into the whole like, oh, who's going to be casting this? Who's going to be casting this? For me, it's usually just tell me the cast when it happens. Yeah. But this official. Yeah. This one I wanted to bring to you because Ryan Johnson recently on Twitter or on Instagram. I can't remember which one was. doesn't matter. On social media, he recently followed uh, Florence Pugh. And everyone's taking that as a sign that she's going to be in Knives Out too. Nice. She's in everything, and I'm happy about that. Yeah, she's so talented. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd love to see her in something that has a bit more of a comedic edge to it. Yeah, it's true. I haven't really, at least from what I know, I haven't really seen her do any comedy yet. I haven't seen much of her in general, but, you know, Mm -hmm. I, like most people, saw Midsommar when it came out. I'm just like, oh, wow, she's crazy talented. Yeah, yeah. I've actually seen her in a few more things before that. And I, I remember seeing this like really bad Netflix horror film called Malevolent. And she was in that. And I remember just seeing her and the way she was performing. I was like, she is like, she's going to really be big. Mm-hmm. And look where we are. Yeah. But speculation aside they did cast kate hudson okay yeah i'm i'm uh i'm interested yeah she's an actress too who you know she got stuck in the the rom-com world for a little bit yeah but when you see her in stuff like i always think about her performance in almost famous of course where, you know, as manic pixie dream girl as you can say she is, she's very good in that role. Yeah. She's very good in 
everything I've seen her in. It's just a lot of her movies haven't been movies that I think are good. So I'm excited to see her yeah. in a film that I'm more inclined to like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it would be a nice redeemer role because she was in that really not great movie called Music. I don't even know what that is. Well, let's just say it's a movie that really, it was about like an autistic uh, person. And uh, let's just say. It, oh, is that the one that Sia made? Yes, exactly. Uh, and uh, it's like uh, monumentally garbage hmm. for obvious reasons that I'm sure you could figure out. Well, yes. There's, yeah. I had heard about it and then I guess I blocked it out until just now. Good on you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Anyways, your news on the Soderbergh picture project. Yeah, so I basically, I just wanted to ask you, because I know you're a very big, I know you're a big Soderbergh fan, so I just wanted to know if you had seen the trailer or even heard about this, because I, I know that you, you follow him, you follow his career. Mm -hmm. No, I had not heard of this. Or I had maybe read something early, but I'd forgotten. But yeah. This cast is ridiculous. I'll read them out to you. Please. Okay, so we got Brandon Fraser, mm -hmm. Matt Damon, John Hamm, uh, David Arbor, Noah Jupe, Benicio Del Toro, Kieran Culkin, Don Cheadle, Ray Liotta, Julia Fox, uh, Amy Samitz. Simons. Amy Simons. Simons. From your favorite movie, Upstream Color. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's it for 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 big names. Um, the that's rest, dope. I, I don't, I don't know the rest. I just opened but, it. Up. Yeah, it's uh, solid okay. cast, solid fucking cast. Yeah, yeah. And it's gonna be on Netflix, so I mean, you nice. Can, comes out July first. Oh, soon. Nice. Yeah, yeah. See, I like that about uh, Netflix is they don't hype up their movies for ages. Yeah. Like uh, like theaters do. They're just sort of like, oh, here's something that's coming out in a few months. Yeah, or, or even like like a few weeks at this point. Um, yeah, like this, yeah, this basically comes out in a month or so. I, was, I did want to ask you, though, like, how do you feel like, and I'm pretty sure we discussed this before, do you feel like cinema could be dying? As we currently know it, yeah. Yeah, that's what uh, I was afraid of. <laughs> it, but like, it's it's cinema is dying. What does that mean? It means that, you know, in a few years, the only thing that you'll see in the big theater will be big movies. Yeah, but but because of this, because of because now even, well. Because I remember watching like a Stuckman video about this and he said like he likes knowing that he has options like for a time there was like let's say it was pitched that um, like uh, the Wonder Woman was coming out on HBO Max and it was also going to be coming out in theaters. Mm -hmm. So do you like that? Do you like having that option or are, are you very like... Um, no, no, I 
I like that it's it's coming to theaters and that's it. I mean, I like the theater experience. It's something I enjoy. Yeah. I like back in the day because we haven't gone to see a movie since The Invisible Man. But like when we used to just be able to go to a movie after work and unwind and have a huge immersive experience. But at the same time, yeah, as long as I get to see the kind of movies that I like, I'm not going to complain how I see them. If I only get to see films by directors like Steven Soderbergh or others that I love, you know, Martin Scorsese's last film was a Netflix film. If the only way I can yeah. see art by artists is at home, I'll take that. I would rather see great cinema on my TV at home than not never again. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, and I, it's funny that you bring up Steven Soderbergh and Martin Scorsese because I do wonder if they're gonna make that permanent shift just to streaming only mm. and kind of maybe set aside theater releases for for now at least but maybe for like the next year or so mm. like because i don't know because i guess if you do streaming you have a little more leeway with things like for example scorsese's last movie which was almost four hours you can't do that in cinema right yeah not really no. then theater yeah and like S soderbergh to get back onto him yeah i don't think was unseen the horror movie he did did that release in theaters or was that streaming only no no that was in theaters that was in theaters okay then but that was the last film he made in theaters in 2018 because high flying bird netflix the laundromat yeah. netflix yeah and let them talk which i haven't seen yet was hbo max mm -hmm. So there you go. And and Laundromat and High Flying Bird were like way before the pandemic. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just at this point, major studios who have the resources to put their films out theatrically are so afraid of not having their films succeed. You know, that that is why they make so many safe bets. Why so much is adaptations of comic books or you know remakes of popular franchises because they are afraid that oh if i don't make a return on investment i'm gonna lose my job because you know you can get another film executive yeah but how come like it feels like back in the day a lot of these producers were like able to were like more comfortable with taking a chance on like look at saw for example yeah it's a it's a horror film which has uh maybe an easier time at the theater but it was super indie it was made by at the time no names right so like i do wonder if that will ever happen again like someone who you know someone who's kind of not yet known are they going to come and make a huge splash in the in the theatrical world like like mon money wise probably not that sucks you know like it sucks it it sucks but at the same time like as long as we're still getting the art as long as it is still getting to us whether it be on Amazon or HBO Max or Netflix or wherever people can still make a splash you know it's true it's true and I think that's what really matters is that we can still get 
great creative things from new creative people. Mm -hmm. If you had asked me this question two years ago, I would have been like, no, no, we need cinema. But now it's just like, nah. <laughs> it, yeah. Because we always think of like the cinema as like this. Uh, for me, it's like one of my fit, my fit, my favorite places to go, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just that opportunity, like not only like not only you getting immersed in a different movie but you're actually like you're in a different space too which helps you kind of disconnect from your home which disconnects from your life you know absolutely yeah and there is something like big spectacles aside there is something so like like a mate like i like i cannot even explain the feeling I got when I first watched Hereditary in the cinema or when I first watched Green Room in the cinema, you know, or The Witch or The Lighthouse, like those are not big blockbuster spectacle films. They're much smaller, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but the the experience was like still like, I'm, I'm still like very happy that those films, even though they were very short, they still had a theatrical run. Yeah. And it sucks that maybe that chance will not be given to them again also off topic but sort of pertaining to the original point you were making i love brendan fraser i like him too this entire conversation i've just been thinking about him in the back of my mind it's like i like him too i i feel like look i mean like i think the, like the last few movies he did before you know his um his break if you will um mm -hmm. obviously were not great but he did those really fun like mummy movies he, he's he's done some good stuff and he's he's a fun person to watch and and i re and like i remember hearing like every actor a person who works with him like he's a good guy you know yeah also his character on scrubs he had a recurring part on that mm -hmm. fantastic oh really yeah perfectly written for him like i don't know if it was written for him or not but it feels like it was because it's got his sort of energy yeah 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 you know and it's it's great and you know he does great and then it does what scrubs does really well for a show as zany as it is it breaks your heart it, it does that too yeah um, and he he nails it yeah my, and yeah my mom told me that he is uh he's very good in the show the affair he was in yeah. that he plays a really like a the biggest asshole of like a prison guard and mm. apparently he's like really good in his role because you really hate his character <laughs> nice which is hard to do when you know you love brendan fraser so much because he is the guy from the mummy <laughs> exactly and he's just he's just like a he's a good guy you know he's not a bad person at all yeah the Affair is one of those shows that, like, I am never going to watch it. Yeah. Same. But I hear it's great. Like, I hear the performances in are great. Yeah. My mom loved that show. One second. I'm getting a phone call. I'm just going to... It's it's from my parents. I'm just going to tell them that I'm podcasting. That's cool. I can't talk right now. I'm recording a podcast. Anyways, mom, if you're listening to this next week, remember when you called me? <laughs> and I'm not 
mom, I, mom, I, I, I'm not saying that. Like, like you were, you were rude. You didn't know we were podcasting. Yeah, you, you said bye the second I told you. I'm not, I'm not trying to like make you feel bad. And I'm sorry. It kind of sounded that way at first. I love you, mom. <laughs> Your mom is such a sweet woman. <laughs> oh, she, she is. She is as lovable as Brendan Fraser. Back onto Brendan Fraser. <laughs> that said, that's all I have to say on him. No, no, yeah, he's just—he's a great guy. I, I, I always fit him into like the same criteria as like a Kyle McLaughlin or, a, um, like there's other guys that are just like you could tell like they're good people, like they're just down to earth yeah. good people, you know. Like even David Arbor, he seems like a, a super down to earth good guy. Oh yeah, he seems chill AF. Yeah. Super chill. Chill F. So do you have any other mini topics before we dive in? Uh, I do not. So on the topic of small budgets, let's dive into our main topic, <laughs> um, which is uh, the film. Hold on a sec. I just want to do something. Uh, it's based, It's the film Blood Quantum, which is a Canadian picture. Uh, a sick mm-hmm. A second Canadian movie in our in our podcast run. Uh, I believe the was it last episode or two episodes ago we covered Doc, um, Dead Ringers, which is another Canadian film. Yep, amazing. Yeah, so Blood Quantum is directed by Jeff Barnaby, and it's about the dead are coming back to life outside the isolated. Oh, I'm in a. Mike, Mike, Mac, Mick, Mac, I deeply apologize, uh, reserve of Red Crow, except for its indigenous inhabitants who are strangely immune to the zombie plague. Um, so yeah, uh, again, my apologies for uh, mispronouncing that, um, that name, but this movie is really, really good. Uh, I'm glad you like this one. Yeah, um, I, I really, really like this, and... God damn, what what a great concept for a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Because obviously we know Canadian history and we know, you know, the history with the indigenous inhabitants. Um, so I, I loved loved this spin on it. And um I, I thought it's it's funny because like this like this is my favorite aspect of the movie. The movie is great. But what I love the most about this movie is that concept of how they're sort of, in a way, reappropriating their land and their their property in a way where it's, it's kind of like they have this immunity and mm-hmm. the people off the reserve, you know, like the white people, are the ones who are getting infected. So now we need them. And... Yeah. And... And... Um, it, it's weird because when the native american when the when, sorry when the indigenous um people are are getting killed by the zombies for the most part the zombies are white people so it it has that yeah it has that like um uh relevance to to history you know so there's mm-hmm. there's it's not just zombies killing indigenous people it's white people killing indigenous people so there's there's that that extra layer of um 
of uh, like just that extra layer to the to the story, and I thought it was mm-hmm. I thought it was brilliant. And sorry, on the topic of of theatrical releases, um, I believe this had a, a theatrical run. Um, yeah, probably a yeah. tiny one. Because I, I remember seeing the poster when we went to go see a movie at Scotia, which is mm-hmm. how I, I was aware of the name. But um, it's really funny because because this is a, a Canadian film, I recognized one of the actresses who was on Degrassi. So I, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, that that's cool. You know, I don't know. Like, it's cool to see them, like, have evolved from Degrassi mm-hmm. into something that's sorry, but actually good. Um uh, I, okay, my favorite character um, of this film was uh, wait, Gizzy Goo, Gizzy. Oh God, I suck. I'm sorry. Um, the the older fellow, the older gentleman who I think was. Oh yeah, he was great. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, he he was uh. He had a really great line at the end um, because obviously we know, like I said, we know the history and um, the characters uh, sort of kind of get care- like they, they leave the land, you know, to kind of save themselves and they go off in this boat and they say like, you know, they're kind of saying like, come, come with us. And he says like, no, they're not going to take my land again. And he kills yeah. the zombies with a fucking sword. <laughs> And can can I just make a point about why I like this movie so much? Yeah. And it's what you're what you were getting at there is a lot of times horror movies and genre movies when they're about something real are often very slow deconstructions of the genre using the genre as a metaphor. But this movie is equal parts telling its message and kicking ass. It gives you all of the kick-ass zombie-killing shit that you want from a zombie movie while also having a very deep message that it doesn't just sprinkle on top or push to the side. Like, it, it's very good at being both movies. Yeah, I also want to say that this movie does not use its message to bash you over the head with it. It's No. It's properly subtle if... if if that makes sense yeah it uh because the premise is built around uh what they are saying you don't have to spend a bunch of time going here and there with your metaphor the metaphor is the movie so let's just have fun with it yeah exactly and uh i want to say that this movie is almost like an hour 40 40 minutes but it feels like like an hour because it, it literally does not stop there are yeah. moments of pause but even the moments of pause have like constant energy and i was actually telling my my fiance this because um she was in the room when i started the film i watched this today by the way mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um that this movie has one of the coolest like openings like intros um it starts oh yeah yeah it starts with this older gentleman older gentleman um Kiziku, um who he, he he had just finished finished fishing and he you know he puts the fish down 
uh, he puts one fish down on a table and starts gutting it. And he's scooping out all the guts. This thing's empty. And then, like, a second goes by, and the tail of the of the fish starts, like, flapping. And this thing's gutted. And so, and, and, and so, obviously, all the other fish start, like, flapping about and stuff. And uh, I also want to say that that was perfect exposition to show how the infection starts without mm -hmm. telling us without having a lab scene with doctors yeah oh i think it's coming from the water i think it, you know like no 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 there's none yeah. of that yeah 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 and uh what's great too is it addresses something that people always talk about in zombie films where it's like well what about the animals you know because unless they're doing unless the movie goes and here's some zombie dogs to chase you you don't really hear much about zombie animals in a zombie film it's true but you, you have two or three instances here it's not exactly bombarding. yeah like it they, they just decided like hey let's actually do that thing that people always talk about in movies and i think that's part of what is so smart i agree and, and also it shows like like um well i i know that there's a deep connection to animals with like indigenous tribes so it, it also it also like because the whole film you can you you see that there there's a connection with these people to the land, you know there, and and you feel that throughout the entire film, you know, especially when the white people start breaching and start coming through, yeah, you know, as we once did. So um, mm -hmm. it was just uh, I just feel like this was such a uh, like a brilliant way of telling a zombie story you know yeah and just i think it also shows the importance of giving filmmakers who aren't just straight white dudes the chance to make films because if this same movie was made by a white man all the metaphors about you know, natives in the land would have been so, like, it would have been turned up in a way that it yeah. wasn't here. Like, like, because that's the thing about this movie is, as much as it is a bombastic action zombie movie with a whole lot to say, it is very subtle. It does not push anything at you in terms of its message. It just lets you interpret it well, exactly. which... If a white guy had made the same movie, I don't think it would have been good good in the same way at all. I don't think it would have been good, but that's besides the point, because even if it was, it wouldn't have been as good as this. No, if a white dude made this movie, it would literally be Crash, the zombie movie. Yeah. That's what it would be. And uh, that's why... That's why I think it's very important that someone who's very close to the... This, not just this story, but these roots, like, was able to give us a... that. Okay, I, I've brought this up before, um, but I love horror movies that use, like, real things, and they use horror as the medium, instead mm -hmm. of, like... Instead, like... Instead of taking horror and, and, and making that into something, you're taking a real story and making it through the lens of a horror yeah. film. Yeah. Ari Aster, know? that's what he does with his horror films. You know, Hereditary is about a family. 
uh, in pain. Midsommar is about, you know, a girl going through just the worst time in her life. Ever, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, that, like, that's, I agree with what you're saying. Like, great horror is more than that, you know, and that goes back to stuff like The Shining, where it's about, you know, a, a bad husband. Neglected, yeah. But, you know, this bad husband is going to kill you with an axe. Exactly. And it's, and then that is like, just, <coughs> it's like a huge euphemism for somebody struggling with alcoholism, you know? Yeah. And I, and I love when people do that with horror. Don't, like, don't use horror as the crutch. Use it as the lens. Mm-hmm. And that's what this guy did. That's what Hereditary does. That's what the great horror films do, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm basically going to say, like, that this film was really... I love the character of Joseph, by the way. He was also really great. Um, he was, uh... Joseph was the son? Yeah, exactly. Or the father? No, no, Joseph's the son. I love the father, too. Um, but Joseph was the son with the, uh, the girlfriend who was pregnant. Yeah. And, uh, I lo- I I really like Joseph. I felt like a couple moments I was just like, eh. Like there were a few scenes where I was like, you you could have gotten a better take out of this guy. I've seen better. Yeah. From him in this movie, but you know that you know you're you're an indie film. You you work with the time you have. Exactly, which is why I'm gonna say like, like despite some small little like things like, overall, sorry, geez, overall his performance was great everyone's performances yeah. was really great i love the guy who played lysol i'm lo- i was just gonna say i'm looking at his photo right now <laughs> he was he terrifying he is what you want out of an antagonist because he is understandable he is relatable but he's still like you you're not upset when he dies because he's still a bad guy yeah um He's, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say this. He's almost like a way better Negan from The Walking Dead. Um, granted, I've not seen Negan from The Walking <laughs> Dead, but I'm just assuming. Yeah, but that, <laughs> that's no, no offense, but like you're very good at going. And I'm gonna make this statement, but I haven't seen one of the things I'm talking about. <laughs> exactly. You have confidence that i cannot deny is off the charts at times nice <laughs> but but it's because like i don't know I, I i did find him really like i'm not relatable but there there are things about him that you understand which is why you're not 100 percent. you're not like uh you know like fuck this guy you're kind of like uh oh, fuck this guy but also he's so right you know yeah it, it's the it's the great villain writing of your idea's not wrong, your actions are. Yeah, you're just um yeah, it's true. Like yeah, there's um I'm gonna kind of no, I'm not gonna because I want you to watch it. But I, I love villains that actually speaking of Negan, sorry, I'm branching off here, but I'm gonna get back to my <laughs> point. Speaking of Negan, I, I like the actor. I really like the actor who plays him, which is Jeffrey Dion Morgan. And he says mm-hmm. a great villain is someone who does not know that they are the villain. And that's exactly. And that's who I felt uh, Lysol was. 
I felt like he hundred percent he has his own worldview, you know. Yeah. Also, I'm just gonna talk just for a moment aesthetically about the film because the film looks great. The the opening camera work over the water and stuff yeah. is phenomenal. I was watching I started watching the movie. Uh I got about ten minutes in and my partner Sam, she had come into the room, saw the water shot, uh, came back into the room, saw what was going on, and was like, oh, wow, I have to watch this movie. And I said, I will say this once. I will restart the movie right now for you. But, like, I can't do it when I'm, like, halfway through the movie. But I will gladly restart it and rewatch these first ten minutes yeah. to watch it with you. And it was gorgeous. And I love... You know, I I like that. You know, there's uh, been a surge of movies that have had like that '80s throwback aesthetic, but I I was so happy to see a movie that didn't have that. Yeah, I I do think that like you can tell that there's inspiration, but it's not an '80s throwback movie. Yeah, like it's set in '81, but it doesn't. But it's not just sitting there going, "Yeah, I like John Carpenter too." Yeah, exactly. Which like is funny it, it reminded the me, like yeah. a little bit. Synthy. Yeah, but like it's synthy, but it's not like here. It's that one thing we all remember. No, no, it's very low key. Like as much as I enjoy Stranger Things, it's not doing the Stranger Things thing. No, yeah, exactly. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so those are overall like those. Those are my thoughts. Like I, I really. Mm -hmm. I really, really enjoyed this film. Um, I'm happy you made me watch it because this kind of went off my radar ever since, like, like when I initially saw that poster, I kind of, like, I didn't think about it again. It kind of just came mm -hmm. and went. And then you mentioned it. I think it was, this was on the top 10 of 2020. Yep. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah, I, I heard about this movie. Like, I remember this. Um, so, yeah, it was it was cool to finally see it you know yeah and i'm glad you liked it too partially because you know the last movie i suggested to you you didn't like and you know you're not gonna like everything someone suggests to you but yeah. it's nice that i was very worried when picking him like i don't want to do two ones he doesn't like in a row no no I, yeah I so that's why my original pick that you had seen palm springs i was like that's a crowd pleaser and yeah. then when I picked this one and said, I was like, this is something he'll like because it's it's fun and smart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh and goddamn it was. It was. I don't I don't even know. Like I, I, there were like I, I would almost say maybe it's not super fun because it's like it's hard. It's harsh at times. Yeah, it doesn't pull punches either. No, exactly. And it has spectacular, like, gore effects. Mm -hmm. uh, most of which all practical, I believe. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, and, uh, but it, it's not, but, like, I, I didn't need this movie to be fun, you know? I just, mm -hmm. I enjoyed it for what it was, you know? It's the same thing for, like, like I mentioned in the last or two episodes ago, um, the, like, my my favorite zombie film 28 days later it's not 
fun, but it's a spectacular movie because it's mm-hmm. not a fun zombie movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, I think, you know, because this movie is fun, but you didn't need it to be, and another movie isn't fun. But I think that's something that we need, is we need both kinds of movies. You know, we need films to be very serious and very dark and very smart and very, you know, important feeling in many ways. But we also need movies that can, you know, have a message while still being fun. Because, you know, if we sit down and everything we watch is heavy and dark and, you know, fucked up all the way through, it messes with us. It's heavy. It's very heavy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I watched uh, years ago when 12 Years a Slave came out. Before it came out, I rewatched Steve McQueen's first two films. So I saw in the span of 24 hours, Hunger, Shame, and 12 Years a Slave. I was a little messed up after. Because <laughs> those yeah. are all heavy movies. So I was just like, whew. And, you know, that's why we need different kinds of films. That's why we need stuff like this that can be saying something while still being fun and that's why we need stuff like superstore or futurama because it'll just you know slide off us and make us feel good again you know we need all these things yeah 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 um which is funny because like that 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 being said i I, i'm we're gonna pretty much like just roll into our next thing after watching superstore because my fiance and i finished it we mm-hmm. jumped right into the next volume of Love, Death, and Robots. Uh, and we yeah. literally just started it today, finished it today, because it's it's only eight episodes. Mm. And that is not happy. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Um, but yeah. But you've been watching so much Superstore lately, you had, you, you had built that up. You had exactly. built up the good times, and now you can just have some bad times. Exactly. And then when you empty out, you'll find something else. Like yeah. we we all need that balance. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's it's important. You know, you can't <laughs> just be always one one way. You know. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but okay. So that's what I've been watching. Has there? What have you been watching? Uh, I watched the first three episodes of Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix. Was it good? It's okay. It's a better idea so far. Like it might get better. Like I'm going to give it the season, mm-hmm. but I was kind of, I was riding the high off of invincible mm-hmm. still. And I was like, yeah, superhero stuff is back for me. And I was watching it and it's ideas are good. I'm not quite sure if it's there yet. Okay. But I like Josh Demel's character. Yeah. Like the, one of the main characters is because this is a modern comic book thing is kind of a superman allegory okay in the same way that omni man is for invincible and that weird american guy is in the boys you know you gotta have your superman homelander yes thank you you know you have to have your superman analog and what i like about this character is you know he formed this superhero team after they got their powers and i don't know why yet i'm gonna get there but like he forms this group and they have these rules about like you know world you know the stuff like we'll never kill we're not going to get involved in huge world's events like wars or whatnot you know we're just going to save people and you can see him because it's cutting between two timelines 
he in the past you can see you can start seeing why he become he has that mindset mm-hmm. and then in the but in the present he has taken that to the extreme where you know he's you know so focused on that stuff that he's condemning people for not agreeing with him and you know light spoilers there's a big superhero fight and a bad guy is about to kill him and his and uh his son saves him by killing the bad guy and he's mad at his son oh okay that's like he's like why yeah he's like why did you save me it's you know it's interesting Mm -hmm. it's execution is mixed and matched like i feel like if it got a second season which i'm not sure if they're going to do it or not but if they do, I think that would be better or has a better potential than from what I've seen of these first three episodes. Okay. Do you think it's it's required to... Like, I know a lot of shows need their first season to get their footing, but do you think it's required to have that second season to make the first season good? Does that make sense? I don't... I think if you need a second season to make the first season good yeah you're you've made a bad product i think that you know the second season can be better and yeah you know should be better and you know like it can be a bit messy in the first season especially like i i think they had to change showrunners part way through due to creative differences so like that that happens but like i don't know i i will finish the season just because i'm curious mm-hmm. when the second season comes back i'll see how i feel but it's not something like like i'm very into invincible right now i'm riding that invincible high yeah still weeks later you know i'm gonna watch that next season the second it starts airing invincible yeah I'm, yeah yeah jupiter's legacy meh. take it or leave it i get you yeah okay I have, a, I have a question on the second season of Love, Death, and Robots. Yeah, shoot. Yeah, no no spoilers or anything. But, like, in the in the first season, you know, there were episodes that were better than others. Are there any episodes in this one where you're just like, wow, this was phenomenal? Or was it just, like, varying degrees of good? I'm going to go on to say that for me, I really liked all the episodes. Mm-hmm. I, I did some more than others, obviously, but for me, for me, there was one standout episode. I, okay. I think it's like third, the third one. First of all, this show has some of the most groundbreaking special like graphics that i think i've ever Mm -hmm. seen ever ever the animation is legitimately ridiculous oh yeah phenomenal and they're really trying to shake up what you're doing with animation because there are a lot of trends right now yeah in animation Mm -hmm. and they're really just trying to be like no everything yeah like there's many parts wait you watched the first season did you like it yeah yeah okay yeah i think there were standout episodes yeah for sure like what uh, was your trying to remember for... oh, okay you're looking it up i'm i'm, I'm looking it up because i'm just like oh, what was it the witness was really good yeah 
And uh, there was one other that was just... Uh, I love Sunny's Edge, which is the hmm. first episode. I don't remember that one. Like, I, I, I watched it, but I don't remember it. It's the one where they, like these two monsters fight, and I think like humans control them, mm -hmm. like with their mind. Yeah, I think Zima Blue was cool, yeah. but I feel like it was missing something for me. Like okay. I was like, I get it, but uh, was it Good Hunting? That's the one that was the standout for me in season one. Good Hunting, Good Hunting. Uh, the uh, yeah, I've got it up here. Uh, the son of a spirit hunter forges a bond with a shape-shifting Huli Jing. It's a. Uh, it was very Asian inspired. Is that the one with the metal, the the robot girl? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yep. That one was fantastic. That that one that one I loved. Yeah. That was the first one I saw. Uh, Sam showed it to me because she's like, "It's good." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll watch this now." Yeah, you don't have to watch them in order. Yeah, that's the great thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. I know Sam's been watching it. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's. Uh, I mean, I could not wait uh, to get back on this, and I'm happy that uh, I don't know if more episodes will come, or if it's just gonna stay at eight. But regardless, I'm happy mm. at least I got eight. And yeah. You know, whatever. If that's it, that's it. But I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's what you have been watching. Is there anything that you, because I know you're going to have some uh, free time opening up soon. Is there anything like on your calendar, like, ah, I can finally make time to watch or read or this? Um, I, I do want to watch Invincible. I also really want to watch The Boys because I haven't, I haven't watched any of either. Um, mm -hmm. I know that there's a few movies still from 2020 that I really wanted to watch too, uh, like um, Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Um, oh, there was a few. I actually I, I wrote all of these these titles down during our 2020 top 10 list. So yeah, I have I, a list somewhere too. Right. So at least I know I can go back on them. Um, um, whatever i'll find it but yeah <laughs> for sure um yeah but uh, there's oh movies to watch sir there we go it's right here minari <laughs> run yeah, i watched because yeah. it's on it's on netflix did you watch it mm -hmm. no no uh sam watched it and because i have i have mixed feelings about uh sarah paulson oh really? so, something about her her acting i'm just like i she's not for me okay and sam was like yeah you get less of that in this but not none okay i get that i understand i i really like her but i can i i, I understand <laughs> um, yeah yeah like she has a very specific way to her acting yeah. and i'm not i'm not trying to shit on her and be like oh she's a bad actress i i think she's talented just not for me in the same way that you know not all filmmaking is for me yeah it works for you it doesn't work for you period exactly yeah um uh, ma rainey's black bottom i, I gotta watch um, that's good i know there's this uh i think it might be korean it's a film called a son 
um, like SUN. Um, mm-hmm. I got to see Possessor, Another Round, The Assistant, First Bow, Color Out of yeah. Space, Mank. I'm I'm on the fence. Mm-hmm. Uh, One Night in Miami and uh, this Romanian documentary called Collective. So cool, and you're gonna watch all of that before our episode next week. Exactly. <laughs> it's been decided. Uh, people listening, if Anthony doesn't have deep thoughts about all of those films next week, uh, I will uh, announce his his personal phone number on the show, and you will uh, call him and call him a poo poo head. Oh no, not a poo poo head. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there stuff on your to watch list uh always <laughs> there's always stuff to watch uh i actually uh, i'm going to be buying a, a graphic novel after this conversation probably or like this weekend Online? and get it delivered okay. yeah and i'm very excited what is it to read it uh well you'll find out next week when i uh give my in-depth review on it you're making a video no, no, just I'm going to tell you about it. <laughs> All right. Okay. And then I'm probably going to lend it to you when we're able to see each other again cuz if I Yeah, if I can It's it's kind of a it's a horror comic, so if I like it, I'm going to lend it to you and we're going to do an episode on it. Yes, yes. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um so, should we dive into what I'm going to give you to watch? Yes, please. Okay, I'm torn because I literally have two things I want to give you. <laughs> but there's always next episode. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So, what I'm going to give you to watch is Blue Caprice. Oh, yeah. Nice. This was, I think it's a 2013 film. This was on my top 10 list for uh, 2013. Back when Mm -hmm. you and I kind of did, uh, it was just amongst each other. We did like top 10s because there were uh, were years that we didn't get to cover. And uh, Yeah, so we just spent like a couple evenings just texting each other lists that we made. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like, okay, 2011, and then we would do it. And, and yeah. 2012 whatever uh yeah that was awesome and this was on this was definitely on the list i think it was like number two or three um for nice. 2013 so you gotta check it out i love this movie uh you can rent it on youtube nice i bought it on youtube so hmm. i'm 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 looking around i'm checking the streaming services i have like am i gonna have to rent this it could be yeah 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 it could i don't know maybe it's there too because that's the thing, like, there's so many streaming services now. And I have a couple, so it's like, uh, no, don't. All right, I'll you rent have, it. You have Netflix Prime? Uh, and Disney Plus. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I well, have... Sam has Prime and Disney Plus. Okay. <laughs> I have, I have Netflix. <laughs> okay, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um... That's why I haven't, uh, given you my prime login and been like hey watch invincible and the boys so we can talk about it because 
I don't feel comfortable giving out someone else's username and password. No, I get that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I figured when when you said it was Sam's, I was like, that makes sense. I'm not gonna. If they want it, that's fine. But I'm not gonna. Yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I can't make that decision. And you should not have to. Like it, you know. It's it's completely up to her if she wants to. But regardless, yeah. uh, I. You know, if there's something on Prime that if I can find it somewhere else, it's all good. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, Luca Freaks. Heck yeah. Yeah, I'm pumped to see what your thoughts are. Yeah, it's been something that like every time I remember it exists, I'm like, oh shit, I have to watch that. I hear it's really good. Mm -hmm. And then I don't get around to it because there's just so much stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm actually really happy because... For some reason, the the score for this film came out like last week, but the film came out in twenty fourteen. It's oh, weird. Yeah, but I mean, I'm happy because now I can finally listen to the score because I loved it. Mm -hmm. It's by the the same guy who did um, Hereditary and Color Out of Space. Nice, I nice, really nice. hope you enjoy it. I really hope I do too. Yeah. And listeners, if you like to really enjoy stuff, yeah. you should definitely. Follow us on Twitter at popculturetodo. And if you want to send us an email, it's popculturetodo at gmail.com. If you like email. to look at, yeah. If you want to see some cool, creepy art, you should definitely check out Instagram, Anthony with Teeth. I mean, if that doesn't sell you, I don't know what will. But. <laughs> It's great. Thank you. It's so hard to to try to sell your awesome art without being able to show it. Like I can't be like, look at this. Go look at it forever. <laughs> Follow him for more. Thank you. But guys, it's really good. You should check it out. It's thank you. It's wonderful stuff. Uh, I have uh, videos on YouTube every other Thursday. The Greg Norton on YouTube. Also, I'm on Instagram, but I don't post that much there. But if you like cats i've got pictures of cats there you can go on twitter for my lukewarm takes on movies and dungeons and dragons uh oh check out our friends podcast the gentleman sports corner yeah they shout us out every week on their podcast and i forget to do it half the time <laughs> oh no we got it yeah we got us and it's not like we made a deal or anything it's just that they're our friends check out their stuff yeah Please go support them. Check out, check them out. If they they talk about movies and sports and stuff, so you know. And they make fun of our friend uh, David a lot. Guy. <laughs> they spend like an hour sometimes making fun of him. It's the best. Oh my god. <laughs> they they put out a new episode today. I'm going to listen to it this weekend. Awesome. And listeners, you should too. You should. But until next time, take care. Wash your hands, stay hydrated, and have a good one. Keep it squeezy. And